cutting edge guests, awesome uncensored, jaw-dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and loads of laughter. Kinda have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul's awake, then welcome, because you're in the right place. If you're looking for groundbreaking nutritional products that revolutionize the way your body operates, you have to check out this cutting edge nutrition brand, Root. The Trinity Pack Plus is a game changer. Let me show you. Zero In is the world's first quantumceutical, an all-natural adaptogenic nootropic that skyrockets clarity and creativity. Restore is a supplement that completely restores your gut health and optimizes your true brain. And last but not least, Clean Slate sweeps out heavy metals, including graphene oxide, gently evacuating toxins from the body to increase performance, longevity, and quality of life. Register now at therootsbrand.com soul to get your Trinity Pack Plus and to learn more about the Sovereign Soul Show's mission to save 100 million children and how to get rewarded for being a part of the Root community. See you there. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show, where we stand for the holy trinity of love, levity, and liberty, because after all, love is the greatest power everywhere, and laughter is the best medicine, especially covering serious topics in all matters, ancient, current, and quantum, right? Absolutely. Love, levity, and liberty. It's a mantra. Our mascot, the Bling Buddha, as you see him here behind me, he fully subscribes to it as he fires red pills from his nine mil. And he has a Punisher tattoo over his left breast to save the children. For those of you who are new, I'm your host, Brad Wozni, and I'm grateful to you divine lions and lionesses for tuning into the program for the first time and those who are returning. Thank you. I have served my country at the federal level as a Canadian infantry soldier. I've served it at the provincial level as a wildfire ranger, leaving out of helicopters to fight forest fires. I've also been a part of the corporate rat race where shortly after the three World Trade Centers, they pancaked, collapsed in their footprint from that inside job. While I stood at ground zero, witnessing the heroic rescue efforts which went on. And then I was walking the halls of the Pentagon 72 hours later and 18 stories below it, below where the missile strike happened. I'm fortunate to become a Yushui Reiki master in 2015. And by leveraging the infinite source of the cosmic and our creator's power, I am following my soul's purpose in this incarnation, this lifetime, which is to help uplift humanity's consciousness with song and story. Before we jump to our segment, our episode for you today, just want to share with you, due to the extreme big tech censorship, as they've canceled the Instagram channels, they've banned me on YouTube, we can't get another channel going on there because I wrote a poem, uploaded it to save the kids, and YouTube deleted the channel. They don't like you doing everything to save the children. So please then subscribe to our Telegram so we can stay up to date and then we can share real-time updates with you with what's going on. And that Telegram channel is The Sovereign Soul Show. You'll see it here on the broadcast. And also subscribe to the Rumble channel at The Sovereign Soul because right now Rumble is the only censorship-free place that we can exist. 
Also, our website, shopthebuddha.com. You can subscribe there, check out a lot of amazing things that we posted and resources for you for, to help those who are just waking up at shopthebuddha.com and get on our email list too. Some really cool stuff that'll be coming out there. Now, I'm all about saving the kids and I'm a pure blood and I'm grateful that we stuck it through. With regards to saving the kids, every one of my guests who's come on so far and in the future is about that too. They embody that. So without further ado, we begin our next segment. Enjoy the episode. Hey, yeah. good day, everybody. Welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show. You know we already stand for love, levity, and liberty. Let me tell you, the two guys, back to the show, smoking Joe Rosati, who doesn't smoke, but he's a pure blood. And, and we got former lion tamer, Scott Stone, who's also a filmmaker, director, writer, and, you know, Joe, who inspired Nirvana, Allison Chain, Stone Temple Pilots, came up in the music scene of Seattle. Really happy to have these guys on because they just arrested Joe Biden, and we have an absolute exclusive here. But before we get to that, let me just tell you that these guys are absolutely incredible patriots. I've got to know them personally at Anaheim at the Truth Tour. We've had multiple shows together. They are out there leaning into everything about the human trafficking, the child trafficking, exposing that on their channel, Truthstream. And toward the end of the show, we're going to play once again the anthem for the freedom movement called Freedom Now, which Joe wrote and sang, Scott filmed along with Nick Albier, Good Lion TV, just had another uh, Al Pasoni. I was uh, being streamyarded by Al Pasoni on her YouTube last week. Um, and so those fine folks put together Freedom Now, which is roughly over a hundred hours in writing, filming, and post. So folks, if you see a three and a half minute song out there or a two and a half minute poem by somebody, understand there's typically a lot of thought that goes into it, especially when we're ta talking about awakening humanity. And hey guys, Cheers. How, how's it going with your yardsticks that you're drinking from right there? <laughs> yonder, yonder yardsticks, what are they called? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, maybe we'll get to some truth. Our sponsor now. for today's show is Yonder. I mean, anybody any, anybody that arrests, you know, uh, Pedo Peter, you deserve, you deserve multiple cases of Yonder and maybe get sent down to Mar-a-Lago because of uh, the incredible stuff that you just did behind the scenes here. That Someone had to do it. We're sick. We're sick of the talking, Brad. Yeah. Sure. He had it coming. We all know that. This was a gift from the Secret Service, actually, which I thought was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good, the good Secret Service. Yeah, exactly. And and thanks to the Space Force for watching out for us here. We're giving you a wave. So what's really cool, folks, you're going to enjoy here is we have really powerful stories because it's fairly rare. I've seen in the truth community where you have people who have extensive backgrounds with kind of covering amazing experiences you know and with joe and scott you've got it from the entertainment side both the homes that they were brought up in great families as well and then they turned out to be great guys surprisingly right <laughs> you're gonna demo me that because i don't have paypal anymore but uh anyway absolutely freaking phenomenal individuals and if you can't figure it out you know they're they love strange brew they're sitting on a couch they're in the hand a uh, strong, strong cider in the hand, right? And uh, they live in airstreams. It's freaking awesome, right? <laughs> if you have to flee Seattle, go to the bush somewhere with red dot sites and great pasta and wine at hand, and then share truth. 
You know, we all got to get by something. So the Bling Buddha totally subscribes to that voice. So great to have you back on. Um, I'm not going to say hello and what have you been up to? Because uh, <laughs> I have a pretty good feeling. You guys are out there crushing it. You've got a lot of stuff that you are seeing right now. And we'll go once upon a time and bring it up to present, including uh, how you took down uh, Peter Peter. Uh, but right now, you know, let's just start. You guys have been friends for how long? Well, since high school, but we didn't really get to know each other till probably 12, 12 ish years after that um, in the Tacoma art scene. Yeah, oddly, neither one of us can really remember the specifics. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of odd. We just but... always ended up at either someone's cool party or some event with music or art. And, and then finally, we just, you know, started chatting about certain things and, uh well started. we were both we were both bartenders and uh you know this is a drinking town so you know everybody kind of gets to know each other in that in that world yeah and of course you, you have to you have to tend bar and paint houses if you're a filmmaker that's just how it works yeah part, part of the deal i think yeah if you're not in hollywood so well, yeah that's you have to do other things <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of humor in the show obviously we started off no we didn't actually arrest joe biden and oh. no, I didn't, didn't influence I did. all the people in Seattle. But hey, we He's going to be arrested this week. We're pretty much we're going to actually literally talk about that for real. Yes, that's very exciting. Very exciting. I was trying to share the credit with you, Joe, because <laughs> you know I don't need I don't need it all myself. Step on his feet, why don't you? Yeah, exactly. No, okay, so you guys were in the same grade then, but you're like I kind of remember you in the back of the classroom. Well, later. I'm seven months older and he <laughs> likes to let me know that quite a bit constantly every other day no 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 it's no. a running joke though it really it's is. a running joke yeah, yeah. It's, it's a walking joke at this point so for about half of the year i get to give him shit for being older <laughs> and then the other half we're the same age so it's kind of kind of funny that way all kind of meets on the middle all right cool so who started in uh, the entertainment scene first well i mean that's a good question scott i mean scott started doing a lot of writing i mean if you we want to talk about covering entertainment even in uh in high that's school true. right yeah in high school i was uh, a columnist for my high school newspaper but we won awards nationwide awards it was kind of a really cool paper and it was a lot of fun i learned a lot about writing and then i wrote with my sister and she published in spin magazine and i think rolling stone wow. and a couple of others and i i, I helped her with some of the pieces it was fun it was fun. She's ruthless. I mean, we were up all, all hours calling people in the UK and poking around where we shouldn't be and getting the, you know, getting the investigative uh, vibe on in a big way. It was fun. Is that how you got to Tears for Fears? Oh, yeah. See? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, she was obsessed with Tears for Fears. And uh, and by extension, I, I uh, got real familiar with Tears for Fears. And um, I think by the end of uh, the time that we wrote this piece, we had talked to their barber, the model that was on uh, the Everybody Wants to Roll the World video. Mm -hmm. My sister had begun dating Nigel Dick, who directed most of their videos. Um, we talked, I mean, we talked to the mother, we, we just everyone. So we knew so much about them that, you know, years later, it was kind of funny. I, I was graduating high school and my sister, uh, as a gift, uh, had tickets to go see Pierce for Fears. And when we were there, with a little bullshit and attitude, you can get anywhere, right? Like Eddie Murphy said. And uh, so we ended up backstage. Yeah. <laughs> and we were trying to be humble because we really had no business being there. So we're staying in the back, yeah. you know, because these people paid a lot of money to get there. Well, the door opens up behind us and they come out right behind us. So we turn around <laughs> and because we knew so much about them, they felt like they were talking to old friends. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite an experience. Yeah. That's great. But, uh, 
Here's yeah. Me. Not to be con, uh, confused with Millie Vanilli for anybody who, you know. Right. No, quite. I can quite see where you might get confused <laughs> there. Yeah. They look a lot alike. Yeah. Jump on Brave or Google it. You know, you'll be following. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty rad. And then, so Joe, you were the inspiration for Allison Chain's <laughs> all of the stuff that he wrote. Oh. Um, well, I uh, I did like what was it like training uh, Taylor and Dave Grohl? You know how to play guitar and drums and all of that. Well, you know the fact I haven't really learned how to play drums and then and training Dave Grohl is I I don't remember it. <laughs> you can teach it very well. You're a good channeler. <laughs> okay, so, folks. All right, we're you can tell we're having a little bit of fun, but really, in all seriousness, Joe came up on the music scene. It's really about compelling. You know, in that grunge era, Seattle, SeaTac music scene. I mean, they both did, right? Seven months apart. Joe taught me how to sing. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that. Not in the shower. You uh, never heard me sing. Yeah. Maybe that's realized that was an insult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, with the trailers, the way that they're angled right now. You know, Scott's making coffee. Joe's making tea over there. And oh, I need a drink. Singing soprano and the other one's alto. They're both Italian too, by the way. Like how awesome is this? You know, that's yeah. right. Funny you'd mentioned that. My so my father, hit Joe's father, and my mother had a phone conversation. We had no idea. You know, we were kind of joined at the hip. And it turns out that uh, our grandfathers grew up within forty kilometers of one another, mm-hmm. and uh, they left Italy at the same time. They were likely on the same boat. Could have been. And oh. they probably knew each other because, you know, oh. being in that close of proximity. Yeah. So really? it's kind of kind of interesting that maybe our our grand our great grandfathers. No, our grandfathers, grandfathers knew each other. Yeah, I mean, we have no proof, but mm-hmm. kind of lined up that way. So yeah. before World War II, when did they come over to the States? Um, my grandfather came over. He was born in 99. So he came over around 1911 yeah. um, uh, through Ellis Island. Yep, it was before yeah same time and it was before the war my uncle uh died on the beaches in normandy uh his his son my mother's brother so that was eight nineteen eight eighteen seven you grow up thinking of that stuff being so far in the distant past but it really was the very recent past yeah right? Holy. i mean yeah. we're all fighting that same enemy now and that enemy is everywhere and in the yeah world. Yeah, we're all byproducts. We're all the sons of children who were first born in North America because their parents left Europe before it was either occupied or it was occupied and came over to the Canada States and then went back and fought those Nazis, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that's why, like when I it is, it's kind of a weird to go to the weird to go to the cemetery and see my name my grandfather's name on the uh the stone and and i i guess ever since i saw that as a kid i'm like i want to make him proud i didn't know how i was going to do that and and i feel like that's where things have lined up now but yeah to go back to the the art music scene at the time it was nine you know i was at junior college at pierce in the tacoma area in the late 80s early 90s and picked up a guitar and uh you know within three months i was in a band i was just playing on a on a porch and some of the local guys that gathered there started one started singing and the other started playing bass and and it was just this really organic unfolding uh of that but what what happened after the initial like oh everything's coming together was was quite a, a challenge for me because it was you know trying to keep a band together while going from junior college and then going up to western having musicians fall out either get arrested or 
you know, get their girlfriends pregnant or the singer ended up quitting, you know, the day before we were supposed to record a demo. And that was the most challenging thing for me was, you know, back then getting studio time was kind of a big deal. And oh. so this was in 1994. We had been together for about three years in, in one formation or another. And it was the day before we were going to record at Fairhaven Studios. And uh, he told me he couldn't do it anymore. And I was like, what, are you kidding? Or, I mean, like- You laid out the cash. Yeah. You're like, you have to reserve studio time. And <laughs> yeah. It's probably in the hundreds of thousands of dollars back then. I mean, it was, well, and part of it, part of the reason I took the class is because I had access to, to the studio and I was learning, you know, some of the skills to do that, but we, there was a head engineer as well. And so we got reduced rates, um, but still at the time for me, you know, I wasn't making a whole lot. I was a college kid. So anyway, um, I went in and, and just with the other two musicians and just kind of said, the spoke the words that J John, was the former singer, used to sing. And just so we had some kind of way to track it and then ended up sitting on it for about a year and going back in the studio and, and singing uh, my own lyrics. And then, you know, time went on and, uh, Anyway, a, a childhood friend ended up having a studio where I recorded my my first CD called Narrow Path, which was a combination of songs that were from college and then a few after. But but that that time was so magical in college with music because you had bands like I mean Sarah McLaughlin came to Western at the time. You had Echo and the Bunnymen came there, but it wasn't with Ian McCullough, the main singer. And the most magical thing about that night, aside from the show and spending four dollars on this phenomenal show um i mean we had so so jeff emmerich produced uh was one of the engineers uh producers on sergeant pepper and he ended up producing Beatles, sergeant pepper what's that Beatles, sergeant pepper yeah so um so jeff emmerich ended up producing that bunnyman album called Re reverberation but ian mccullough wasn't the singer at the time but you know here they were in front of me, my favorite band, musically, it didn't matter who was singing, because it was just, it was probably, it was one of the best incarnations of the band, because they had a lot of different um, musical instruments uh, on the stage, and and uh, I don't know, they were just really appreciative to be there, and so what was cool about it is that night after the show, you know, we're hanging out at a bar called The Up and Up in Bellingham at the time, this was like 92, and I just said, hey, do you guys, because they're like, this sucks. The bars close at two. You know, they want to keep going. And like, you guys are more than welcome to come back to my house. Well, they said yes. So <laughs> I'm partying with Echo and the Bunnymen at my college house with my buddies. And it was, you know, Will Sargent was there. Les Pattison, the bass player. I think the drummer's name at the time was Damon Reese. And it was just like really magical. It was, it was, I was kind of a fanboy because I wanted to ask them all these questions. And my friends were like, dude, just calm down. But it's hard when you're around, like, you can't believe that this band's at your house. And so it was, it was just a magical night. And, you know, and then one of the other uh, events that year, I think 92, was Mudhoney came up to play in the Carver Gym up at uh, Bellingham, up at Western. And then after they were done, Nirvana comes out and we're, we're beside ourselves because, you know, MTV Nirvana's taken off or, you know, they're huge at the time. And it was it was a time it was magical, you know, with all the bands breaking in the Seattle music scene, whether it's, you know, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, 
Screaming Trees, Soundgarden, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I wonder what it's like now for kids in college. Like, I, I don't know. I just, with what college has become and, you know, the, the woke agenda, the sexualizing of children, um, the, the music, like, I love that there's parents out there that are telling their kids, hey, you got to check out these albums. I just, I don't envy parents right now. And I don't envy kids who are navigating a lot of this music is crap, you know? And so I don't know. It was just, it was a real magical time for me to grow up and, you know, learning later now, as we're going to divulge a little bit more as, as we get into this interview and, and what goes on behind the scenes in the music world. Um, it, it's been a little challenging, a little disheartening, if you will, to learn some of the things that we've learned, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. So that, uh, that's kind of our backgrounds. Like when we were young, Scott's writing, mine being part of a band. So we'll, we'll kind of let this unfold. So I just wanted to kind of start with that foundation as Larry Bishop, Bishop Larry Gator says. Okay, sorry. Thanks for part on, on Joe. So thanks mate. Yeah. And for, for me at that time, you know, it was, it was incredible. The explosion in Ontario at a place where I'm taking a high uh, snowmobile sometimes to high school, which was awesome. Yeah. You know, you got ATVs and dirt bikes and snowmobiles going to high school and all that kind of stuff and running around and, you know, partying when you could, because I was usually working two jobs and on some type of sports team. And it was Rage Against Machine, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and you kind of have it that all lumped over there. And then you have the OGC, you know, the Mob Deep, and NWA, you know, and then you have the grunge scene and all that music was just awesome. Smashing Pumpkins, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, you know, Pearl Jam coming out. Well, it was Soundgarden and, and Pearl Jam that came out of Temple of the Dog and a whole bunch of the other ones, right? And I'm not here glossing over certain ones, but, but those are more named. And it was fascinating for me because, you know, here I am now having moved out of the suburbs of Toronto to this, to me, it was heaven in high school to be able to like get on a dirt bike or get on a snowmobile, but you can still be putting Nas in your ears and listening to the headphones that you wired up to your snowmobile helmet, you know, and they're talking about like rap or something in New York city, you know, and, uh, and other things. Right. So it really was a microcosm of what's going on in the world. And you kind of have that red hot chili peppers and rage against machine down in Southern California, you know, and then you have your group in Pacific Northwest, and then you have the East coast and the West coast, right with the uh with the rap guys and i think and that's totally lost right not in music as well i think is the best cross-section of what's going on worldwide to be able to tell what those times are about or not like we're not seeing today from entertainment tv film you know music and and that kind of art being produced and so scott i'm really curious with you because you know you're a filmmaker director you've had a bunch of stuff out there yourself you went from writing you and your sister got into Spin Magazine. She ends up dating, yeah, <laughs> dating the director. You know, wow, how you know? I'm sure that's never happened before. But uh, you know, in, in all seriousness, how then? How, what was your progression? You know, on the filmmaking and the writing side, how did it go from yeah, thinking you know, about going back to high school? Your to Sorry, be that magazine with Brad Pitt on the cover, who stole your fate, stole your thunder on the cover. Oh, right. <laughs> where, 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 I don't know what I did with it. No, I went to uh, I went to six different high schools, yeah. and uh, my my uh, father had a real aggressive career, and and um, 
Well, you're having dinners with drug cartel members at your at your table. You know, arms dealers. You need cross section and upbringing. Not cartel members, but <laughs> arms dealers and. Arms, uh, oh, sorry, an arms dealer. It's not a part of the cartel. Big yeah. difference there, man. Big difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're pushing drugs or or firearms, weapons, and tow missiles and AMRAMs, sidewinders. Drugs but, that I'm aware of. But a really amazing cross section. So just take us kind of through coming up in mom and dad's house, and then you know filmmaking. Ladies and gentlemen, our show will continue after these brief and important messages. And we did all this hypnosis around visualizing myself with a book complete on a stage in a green dress. And the thing was, is that then as I released everything, and then in January, I got introduced to this product roots oh, that yeah. you've talked about yeah. and i'm very add i don't sit and concentrate and focus for a long period of time i have major shiny object syndrome yeah and i started the products and i don't i don't sell i mean i just buy it for myself so i'm not I, i'm a little testimonial here for you but um i started taking it and the zero in especially all of a sudden, and, and I have a friend of mine who's living with me right now, and she was hysterical. I've never seen anyone sit and write for hours and hours and hours at a time. Five months, I just couldn't stop. And the information was pouring through me. I got the title, and I want to show you this because it's really cool. Oh, It's called, in, in Every Belief is a Lie. Yes. And if yes. you look at the lie, is in the word belief. Right. Now, back to our show. Yeah, well, just, uh, you know, when you move around that much and you, you, you kind of have to reinvent yourself every time you go to a new place. And uh, so, you know, it was difficult, but it came with, with a, a certain skill set that ended up being pretty useful later in life. And uh, I've always been into the arts. Um, but my favorite medium uh, was was film because it was collaborative. And I really, for me, art's always been about the process. Um, you know, there are times when writing is perfect. And then there are times when writing's just too slow. So then you get into the paint. And then... He's a painter too. Yeah. And then that gets too slow or whatever. Or it's not collaborative enough. Or, and then you get into, you know, film or whatnot. And uh, so it was just a natural progression. And we... Uh, I got to the point where we shot a, a you know, I had a, a production company for a little while. We did like 40 uh, local commercials, you know, smaller commercials, and we did a bunch of live events and things of that nature. And then um, we got into the creative aspect, won some awards for some different shorts and, and whatnot, pretty funny ones. It was, it was a good time. And then uh, Joe and I did a, a feature film called A Perfect Life. Uh, which was, uh, you know, kind of a pretentious drama, but a real festival darling. And that's what it was intended to be. The, the script had already won uh, awards that Chad Bruin wrote. And uh, by the way, this is the first time you guys have professionally worked together. No, we, well, we worked together behind the bar. 
you know, we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah, I guess our, our polar because it, <laughs> Joe on one end, me on the other. It was really just a comedy night all night. We just laughed. And, yeah. But yes, in any type of artistic medium. Yeah. I think this is the first time that we, we worked together. Yeah. Yeah. I watch cocktail. You can spin a bottle. I mean, <laughs> first mark no to flare. that. No flair. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth Shue. Oh. Oh. Boy, in her prime, no less. In Jamaica, yeah. My favorite Elizabeth Shue was in the movie The Saint, though, because she was you know, great. Val Kilmer, absolutely. Rock a lab coat, man. That was that was something. Adventures of Babysitting was my favorite, only because they filmed like a couple kilometers away from where we were living at the time. Oh, right. Film in Toronto and Adventures of Babysitting, and I remember like, oh, can you know, can she be my babysitter? Like total crush, right? Oh, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous, girl. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, we'd, uh, you know, we'd, I'd cut my teeth in the production world, you know, from the business end and so on. Uh, you know, my, my college experience was largely focused on business, finance, real estate, that type of thing. And um, marketing, mostly marketing. And uh, so anyway, it was, it just made sense to make this film. Oh, well, the, the funny story was I was at a party at Joe's house and uh, the conversation was about film and it was about zombie, zombie movies. And I spouted off about uh, how I hated zombie movies and what was wrong with zombie movies. Mm -hmm. I said, to have a good zombie movie, you need the following. And I started telling the story and you know, it was telling it to three people and then it was 10 people and then it was 30 people when everybody's in the kitchen listening to this story. And they were all excited about this story that I that was just kind of coming through me. Yeah. And uh, so the next day, as these parties go, we were we were working on the same keg <laughs> out in the yard. I was sitting at a kayak and. Joe gets off the phone the afternoon. I was sitting yeah, in the lawn. Yeah. And Joe gets off the phone and said, Scott, you got a meeting with Chad, a guy that he had just worked with on uh, uh, a short film. Brilliant guy. His sense of aesthetic is amazing. And uh, he said, you got to go meet him because I think he'd be perfect for this project. Because I'm thinking, how can we get this film made? You know, I'm like putting on the producer hat. And I'm thinking, well, great timing. We've been drinking beer all day. Now I got to go meet this guy for the first time and seem professional. But uh, yeah, I met him. He listened to the story. He listened to the pitch. And he says, first of all, I, I don't collaborate. I don't work with other people. I just don't do it. He said, second of all, I have so many projects going that I just don't have any time for this. None. He said, but it's so good. He said, this is literally the story I've been waiting for my whole life that I'm willing to drop everything to work with you on this project. <laughs> and so that's how that got going. And, and uh yeah, it was called Man of Perdition, and uh, still is. Yeah, and it's a it's a it's a good zombie film. You know, it's actually a, uh, there's a lot of exp exp exploration into the the human nature, and and uh, you know, a good man goes bad, a bad man goes good, and then there's redemption, and there's all these different things that happen. So it's it's kind of complex, and uh, and it's a western. It follows the story of uh, the hypothetical story of john wesley harden who was a, a gunfighter in the in the wild west and so this story presumes that you know we don't even explain why they're zombies because everybody's already seen zombie films we know how that happens uh but he's just there in this zombie world uh where he thinks he's the last man on earth and it's kind of it's, it's a real interesting story and a love story believe it or not mm -hmm. but uh we knew in order to make that film that we both fell in love with we'd have to make another film. Uh, we'd gone down to LA and pitched to some producers and so on and realized no one's going to entrust us with 
the kind of money it's going to take to make this movie if we don't cut our chops on something. So we came back and I think, what did it take us? Like 90 days? Yeah, I mean, we just, yeah, Chad picked out one of his award-winning screenplays and we went through it because, of course, you need to think of locations and all the things. And we're like, this seems like the most realistic one to make. Um, and so, yeah, when my brother let us use his house. Yeah, know. we were going to shoot in Seattle and it was like, you know, 40, 50 grand budget. And Joe and I, being bartenders and knowing everybody in town, we got that down to about 10 grand, I think. Yeah. Uh, which we could fund out of pocket. And yeah. Uh, and um, it's called social currency. It's using, you know, it's using someone like my brother's house and then using his is my niece his daughter to be one of the kids in the film and so you know it, it's kind of a cool trade like oh you're you know my brother would have done it even if he didn't have a daughter but if you find places if you find venues or locations where you know it might cost money but then you cast one of the people that work there or something along those lines you can cut down a lot of uh costs well in seattle it would have been you know, permitting and insurance yeah. and all of those things. And we didn't have to worry about any of that. So we, that we, did, we did gorilla stuff. But no. we, you oh, know, we, after, we after the success of the film, you know, we won some awards and ran the, the film festival circuit and so on. One of our actresses was uh, from Park City and we were talking about moving to LA. And she said, why don't you move to Park City? It's all the same people and they're more approachable for networking. And uh, so that uh, led us to Park City, Utah. And um, we lived there for, Joe lived there for, I think, a few more years than I did. I came back. I to know that. Wow. Yeah. But it was an interesting. The Sundance crowd there and, and do, do some elbow schmoozing. And Joe, is that how you ended up? <clears throat> What's that? I mean, you already were building a film and credits and whatnot, and then you ended up in Hollywood and doing some acting. Did that go by way of Park City through there? Yeah, yeah. I was in Park City for about five years, and they opened up a film studio there, and I was, you know, working on blood and oil don johnson's one of his projects and yeah then i i ended up going to la and, and focusing more on um on theater because you know if you can if you can perform live um it, it definitely helps your chops you know doing film which is usually you know much closer up and it's a different style of of shooting and acting um but yeah i was there for about nine months and then just realized so this is kind of where the shift started happening. I think I was, I was not in a good relationship um, uh, at the time and needed to get out of that. And my parents needed some assistance and help up here. And with what was going on in the world, this was 2016. I, in Scott was, you know, sometimes you're in a relationship where it, it could go, it could go in a direction you definitely don't want it to. And it's safer to exit that relationship all, you know, if, if at all possible, because I know sometimes it can be very challenging to do so. So anyway, I just felt compelled to come back to the Northwest and I started bartending up here. Because it was a better alternative to uh jail or the crazy house, I think. Yeah. Or death. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes in a relationship, you're, you're helping them, but you're drowning yourself. And so, you you know, if that's the case, I mean, it should should be a win win, ideally. Right. So anyway, yeah. so I came up here, started bartending and things were going on relatively normal. And what was interesting, it was uh, 2019. Um, no, sorry. 2020. And I was I was bartending about five days a week. And I. I told my bosses I want to take a step down to just go to four days a week and that just about as that was happening I went to zero days a week 
because of the pandemic. And so I, you know, got on unemployment, which was was helpful because I, you know, even if I wanted to work, if, if whatever my perception of things was, my siblings didn't want me to work because if I'm going to work and then being my parents caretaker and I'm around a bar, it's, it's not a good combination. And so, you know, I started really delving into, you know, what was going on in the world and talking to Scott about it and then talking to some of my liberal friends and, you know, knowing what I knew about 911 and always questioning the whole event with, with JFK. Mm -hmm. um, when, when the pandemic hit, I'm like, I don't know, something's fishy about this. But what was really challenging is, as I really started speaking about that on Facebook in particular, I pushed some buttons of some people. And one of the people that the buttons that I pushed was a friend of ours. I'm not going to name his name, but he and I have worked on music projects together. And what's interesting is he's the same gentleman that helped me with my CD in 2013. And then we were releasing up, going to release a follow-up project. And he has held hostage the music that we made together. And I just find that really interesting because I even I even said, look, let me just let me just pay you for your work as if you're a producer. And yeah. he's like, oh, under no circumstances, you will never get that. And so it's just one of those things where, you know, I'm standing up and he may not be able to see this then. Maybe he can't see it now. Maybe he'll see it down the road. But it's I'm standing up for humanity. I'm standing up for children. And as crazy as he thinks that I am or have been, I I'm a pretty good judge on based on my intuition. And so maybe these folks will come around. I, I've been vocal about some of this stuff to use as a gauge to like, if these people wake up, if these people start coming to me or us or people like us, then we know that that shift is occurring because they are deep seated in believing in this and wearing the masks and everything else. That Ben was really, he was aligned with his principles. I think it was, uh, be the tyranny you want to see in the world. <laughs> and he did a great job of it, honestly. I he was a great example. I mean, I helped this guy get a job uh for for a local, you know, distributor. I mean, we we'd been through, you know, lots of highs and lows together as friends, but I just got to a place a place where I had to pick. And the choice is good or evil. The choice is what Scott's saying actually almost makes more sense now than the world we're living in because I've always questioned it and I'm I'm glad I made the choice and it, it's allowed it's led to this and what what's cool what's cool about having true stream is it's documented it's you know I did a I did an interview with a, a gal last year on my own I, I run a podcast called reflection pool that's more about the northwest and I interviewed this gal and she was a a daughter of someone I went to high school with, a little patriot standing up and and I had her on the show and someone saw that and now they see what Scott and I are doing. And it's really cool that they're watching this progression, that we're having this effect. And our our show is very guest centric. It's very, you know, bringing people's on the show. So it's not just about what Scott and I think. So it's been it's been beautiful and I I, I wouldn't change anything. It's it's a it's the road less traveled, but it, we all have to go through this in order to to wake up uh, our you know our friends and humanity. So, yeah, that's wild. It's very indicative to what people have went through, not just in the last two or three years, but 
people for decades may have went, this is where is going to be my dream in life. This is what I want to do. And then so many things for many people come up that it doesn't happen. And maybe now, as we're seeing like the two of you guys, myself, other people in the community that we know, you know, this is kind of a reason why that happened to lead us to be where we are now, to have these types of shows and conversations for what's about to come. And, you know, as you I shared with you guys last week, the data, and I put it out already, and it's from Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, just from US, Canada, and European bears alone, over 20 million, 20 million people died, estimated. 20 million. Wow. That data, right? That doesn't include all the other countries in from Australia, Indonesia, all from the COVID vaccine. Yeah, from the from the bioweapon. You know, and 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 Dr. Tenpenny is literally saying this is again, she's an MD. She I still identifies as an ER doctor, but she's been coming out against vaccines since 2008, warning, right? Blowing the whistle, you know, saying don't get vaccines from 2008 on. She's like, there's all this insidious stuff coming out, and here she is now saying there's probably going to be hundreds of millions more, a tidal wave of death over these next few months from that. Um, and again, you know, I'm just sharing everybody what she says. Uh, I, I feel it's good. The numbers are very much a lot higher than what she's even saying. And so there are going to be those people waking up looking for natural alternative solutions and looking for understanding. And that's the one thing you can either choose to be empathetic and compassionate and we can also have a little bit of nice righteous vindication. Um, but still, you know, this is a human level extinction event, which they've thrown at us. And yeah, uh, when I look back at everybody knows my top gun type of story. And, you know, you guys already know it very well from the tried to do the filmmaking and try to become an F-18 pilot didn't I'm like, yeah, well, now I'm just getting started. Oh, I finally got a script option. Now I got another one option. It's 2019. It's 2020. I just got done in February 2020. And then pandemic, I'm like, now I'm in my 40s thinking I could finally have this amazing dream, but now we're here and we're here why we, we know why. And Janine just said this yesterday, Janine Morgeau, she said, you know, we are star seeds that are here in all those moments of our lifetime and lifetimes have prepared us to be here for humanity, for what is about to happen, both from an awakening standpoint, which is great. And then also from the death standpoint. In, in helping he, people cope and hopefully sharing with them solu some solutions to cope with that, right? Which the three of us already know exist to a good degree. Right. Well, it's not unprecedented. I mean, if you look at the Spanish flu or, you know, the use of Agent Orange, I mean, there's all, all of these different different stories that um, served as a predicate, I think, for, for the bioweapon that we're enjoying today, I suppose. But uh, even um, the weird stuff, you just had... Kathy O'Brien on from Project Monarch, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Those are all in the Philadelphia experiment, all these experiments, the Tuskegee Air experiment. I mean, yeah, no, come on. Yeah. So, yeah, all, all getting us here. And so, the you guys did a couple of those films. You got to go with Chad. You got show us the magazine, Scott. Come on, people don't think there was because uh, yeah. yeah, Brad Pitt stole your thunder in 2011. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll grab it. And I wonder, called, do, you, uh, do you think it was the real Brad Pitt in 2011 on the cover of this magazine, or was this like one of the? This is no, this it, looks, it looks 20, like it. Looks yeah. like it. This was a boutique uh, art publication. Uh, they did a really nice job. 
Um, but yeah, we we all got a spread. You know, it was the the film, and then there was an interview with each one of us. So it was. I mean, here's a whole a whole piece on Chad and his amazing photography. Yeah. You guys got such a sense of the aesthetic; it's it's amazing. And uh, you know, see, it was it was a it was a nice spread, a nice magazine. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, so yeah, he he came back to Tacoma in 2012. Mm -hmm. I stayed in Park City to 2015, and then moved to LA for 2016, and then came back. And so we hadn't worked on anything, I don't think, artistically, until we did the Freedom Now video, and we shot that. No, in we did Voting Dead. 20. Oh, that's right. We did we did Voting Dead. I'm I'm thinking out loud here, but we did we did do Voting. Voting Dead, Dead is awesome. And I used to pull Joe sure. in for, for voiceover work. I used to pull him in for, you know, all sort of, he was in a couple of our commercials. It was really funny commercials, actually. A flower uh, delivery yeah, guy. Yeah, there's one where he does a pirouette in the driveway. It's just passed by my pirouette. Yeah. I've never really, anyway, that's I another. I nailed it on the first take. It was funny. He's, where's the TRI? Uh, it was fun. A little bit of a plie and, you know, just sending it and make sure you sign the waiver. Like, no problem. <laughs> We're, it's an indie thing. It's no insurance, you know. We yeah, exactly. use the keg and the kayak on the line. That, oh yeah, I, that was. I just well, knew we had to talk to someone about. We it. we never talked about uh, geopolitics. We never talked about uh, monetary policy or child yeah. trafficking or any of this stuff. I mean, for me, I had an unusual time growing up in all these different places, and I was surrounded by very interesting people that had a very different take on the world. You know, I um, when people were wondering about the Clintons, I was sitting at a table with people that had been screwed by the Clinton. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the guy down the street was uh, Bill Clinton's uh, private pilot, uh, you know, in the early days. And, and you know, I got to hear all those stories. So I kind of had a lot of inside information early on. And I let it out now for the audience. So they're not guessing the stories you're referring to or what? Oh, uh, just that there was cocaine and hookers on every flight uh that he would drink himself silly and and uh, my friend had to go wake him up in the morning and he'd get stuff thrown at him and he'd throw hissy fits like a child and you know that sort of thing but this is bill in case anyone didn't hear that yeah um, yeah lot, lots of lots of everybody in arkansas knew i mean they have a sign that says welcome to arkansas home of you know bill clinton and they have to replace it all the time because they because <laughs> Arkansas people go out and shoot the shit out of it with shotguns. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the Arkansas people aren't big fans of the Clintons, <laughs> believe it or not. She yeah. don't why. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I you know I'd heard these a lot of these stories. I did I had a lot of strange experiences. So mm -hmm. I there was really no awakening moment for me necessarily. It was kind of that was kind of always the space that I occupied. It was kind of a strange strange child and strange dude in that in that regard um but then you know you get to have awakening on top of awakening on top of awakening all the time i mean we uh every time i think i've got it figured out there's a whole nother layer and then another layer and another layer so uh you know keep 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 your mind open and and your eyes open and your head on a swivel and it's just kind of kind of how you end up you know like all of us so <laughs> totally so what was the uh freedom now when you wrote that what i mean what was the inspiration to it was that j6 january 2020 you know um, pre-trump well, 
I guess, you know, I, I've been hearing of the people like the Jacos and the Nino Rodriguez talk about, you know, more men need to get involved. Yep. And, you know, I just felt like, because for me, you know, when I, I, I love, I love, I'm a collaborator. So I love working with people. It's rare that I'm going to go, you know, start playing around with gear and record everything by myself and, and do it all. Because I, I like to get feedback. I like to like our opening that we're going to have now on our shows. We use my friend Cameron Mercer's music and I sent it to Steve, our producer. And, you know, unknowingly, Cameron didn't know this. Steve ends up like enhancing the drums and making it sound even better. And we sent it to Cameron. He's like, whoa. And so it's like, <laughs> those are those moments that you you sometimes don't get when you're doing everything by yourself. Because, you know, I've always looked to bands, right? And when and then when there's four people working, they, they bring that. So for me to sit there and be like, oh, I'm going to do everything by myself. I mean, I, I know that I'd be capable of it. I, I haven't. I haven't went down that road a lot. Like we're going to be doing a little bit more editing now with our, our shows and stuff like that. But so anyway, I guess what inspired us, you know, is that conversation that the, the men that are standing up and having shows and then I'm driving down the car and I'm seeing people by themselves, you know, with masks on their face. And, you know, I start kind of getting this idea in my head and then I'm like, well, how's that going to age? I, I don't, I don't want to write. I don't remember masks we kind of want to forget them so i just started thinking of what what do we want what we, could we use what and i'm just like well we want freedom and we that, that would be great to have right now and then it just started unfolding and the words you know started coming out i started picking up the acoustic guitar and i wrote two-thirds of it and then i needed to get out in nature to finish it and so what was cool is I was on one side of the campground and Scott was on the other and our hammocks are facing the river and I'm in my hammock just kind of floating with my with my exped pad in there and it just I just start finishing I'm just enjoying the the scenery and the nature and I looked up and I'm like Scott I think I just finished the song yeah. and it was just a really good feeling and you know it started off most of my songs really start on an acoustic guitar because that's how I learned. That's, you know, when, when your band falls apart, when, when all you have left is you and a guitar, I'm used to that. In fact, I write so somewhat rudimentary, you know, a little bit three chords in the truth. Sometimes there's five or six, but because I never knew, you know, going in college, if people, you know, go to my, my uh, Facebook Joe Rosati music page, they can see the article that, that I uh, sent you, but I never knew who I was playing with sometimes which drummer, which bass player, um, which, you know, I, I was the main guitar player, but then, then it got to be, am I, am I going to be singing? And so, yeah, that was from 97. It was cool that they actually placed me on the top of that, but yeah, I'd sent in a song called sunset savior and uh, got in the, the um, I guess that's the semifinals as it says on the top there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it, nationwide, the best unsigned band competition, like, Nation. yeah i mean it 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 definitely because you know if you're an artist and and you you think your stuff is good but you're the only one who thinks it's good you know there, there's what kind of gauge do you have right i mean do you do you want to be narcissistic and and think you're good because you think you're good or do you actually want to you know get some feedback from other people so you can get better and so you know that was <clears throat> little things like that are validating you know and then um as as far as you know 
how the song came to be then i went to steve collins um our, my producer and he helps us with the show at times and i just sat down and i said steve you know we i had done a song the year before called hug and that was um you know basically people couldn't even hug each other you couldn't touch each other i, I would think of a parent and a, and a kid or parent and their parent in the hospital and so it influenced that and then so that was 2020 and then 2021 freedom now came in my head and then i went to steve's studio and then i i brought a bunch of my friends in uh to to sing vocals female vocals to sing make it sound more like a choir and a chorus and uh steve spent 110 hours mixing the song and what was funny about it is i got wow. done with the song and sent it to nicholas vinyamin and he loved it and he goes well i'll share it with people once you have a video done and i'm just sitting there like you just went like, <laughs> like now a video and, and it, it, it's a great idea it is a great idea I, I mean i appreciated it but i was thinking okay well he's right i should have a video because people are visually stimulated and i didn't know what else to do aside from reach out to nick alviar because Scott and I, at this point, we don't have all of the the equipment we'd love to have, you know, because sometimes, you know, you, you have goals and you want it to. So sometimes you can't make the film you want to make. You got to make the film you can make. Well, I knew after being, you know, after watching E. Smitty um, on Nicholas's show and Nick Alvear, I'm like, I want to reach out to Nick. I think Nick can help shoot that. And what happened was we used his footage from January 6th. And then seven months later, we met him in person down an event at Mount Shasta, and we shot the other part of it in the Airstream, in my 1973 Airstream. And that was the, the basis of it. And Scott concepted the idea of, hey, well, let's shoot it in the Airstream. I'm like, well, I, you know, I, I need someone to drive the car, and where are we going to do this? And anyway, it all worked out beautifully. And then Nick sends me this footage with January 6th, and the airstream and he's like okay what else do you want like make make the video and because and, he knew i'd done some filmmaking and i'm sitting there like is this a test and and i asked him later and he was kind of like yeah you need to tell the story of your song now like i got the template joe you you need to fill it in so i went out and meticulously picked out scenes that matched up with the lyrics and i don't know i like of course i want to do more music but right now, it's like sometimes I'm like water. I want to go where, you know, where am I needed most? You know, where and whether it's ice or steam or liquid, wherever I'm needed in, in the form that I'm needed. And right now, where I feel that I'm needed most is the show. And of course, I'm going to do music again. But it's just this is so important to have these conversations, because frankly, these conversations, whether this is an hour, an hour, 20 minutes, way more powerful than a 120 million dollar hollywood film and so that's why we focus on the show right now yeah. Yeah. in a nutshell <laughs> yeah it's pretty key i mean you just go through well let's go back back to uh, uh your true stream here you just go back through it and you've got i mean because especially january's child trafficking awareness month you know you guys have just been slamming it with laura and kevin on the adrenochrome and Tons and tons, you know, and not to put everybody, get everybody in a down, like, oh, it's child trafficking month, but this is what it's all about for all of us. You know, it's in my intro all the time. It's what you guys are keeping you on. It's like, we need to stop this. And part of that stopping is sharing, 
<clears throat> getting it out there. Well, I don't know how you can truly have peace in your life knowing that that kind of thing's going on. Oh, no. You know, so we have to we have to address it. But you know, Brad, you're gonna you're gonna be thrilled with this. Our our focus, I think, next month is going to be geared a little bit more towards two A. Yeah. Uh, something I know that you uh, <laughs> that you love and appreciate. So uh, Kevin Hoyt's going to help us out with some some shows as well. That uh, you know he's a he's a hunter and an outdoorsman and a and a marksman. And so uh, I think we're going to have a little fun with that because if if we didn't have two A, we'd look an awful lot like Canada right now, wouldn't yeah. we? Mm -hmm. Yep, Canada and Australia, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Second Amendment, packing up the first. That's what's really cool. And so a whole lot of gratitude to go along with that because we still have it. And I'm telling you, that's uh, that's a hill worth dying on if you have to. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent, and save the kids there. Yeah. So you know, I mean, we like I to have fun like, too. We, we, yeah, you know, I was gonna say, like, we now you gotta have like, you know, maybe every third show you do like a keg stand contest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're filling up a kiddie pool right now with some KY in the backyard, and the, the midgets are gonna be here. And and uh, I wish you could be here for this. <laughs> you just said it's gonna be great. We're not gonna film it though because not with that visual. Yeah. Sign an agreement, but you know. If you all you're, you're invited to the next one, banana hammock. I mean, that's it. We're gonna have to stop the. Not <laughs> <laughs> just bananas. It's a whole Carmen. Yeah, just, you know, you get it all. That's yeah. my boy, Lou. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just so awesome. You know, people are like, what are those boys doing out in the Pacific Northwest woods Woo! right there with those two Airstream trailers? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's funny. I, yeah. I just thought of this, you know, I, I used to teach school and this is the very first time it's occurred to me that some of my former students might actually have seen the show. Yeah, there you are. <laughs> Mr. I don't know if that, I know if they would or not, but that, that's a toast, hell of a realization. Yonder. Just to, toast them with the yonder. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Toast. Yeah. And to do the, um, the Bob and Doug. Go, 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 go. Well, you told me this was a tequila themed show, but nobody showed Today, so. No, no, not yet. Well, it's. I think it's important. So, you know, we have a friend named Blue over in uh, in Park City. Well, he lives outside of it now. And he'd always give me shit about, you know, you know, do I know something about Shakespeare or whatever? I'm like, come on. I go, Blue, my acting was, was uh, inspired by John Ritter, Jack Tripper. Like, you know, <laughs> Richard Klein coming up, you know, Mr. Furley, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, our and our friendship is half of its humor so the thing is yeah now three quarters really yeah with three quarters really that's true so yeah we're 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 looking forward to as more people awaken to get into some some other projects that that bring out the sense of humor it's just uh right now you know we we still laugh but yeah that's i think that's why we chose to to take on something like human trafficking awareness because you know, and you've experienced this. So many people, they don't even believe what we're saying. And it's like, so you're not only competing with something that is so incredibly outlandish that they're doing, but that they can get away with it because no one believes it anyway. And so that's why, you know, just like, just like Kenny Rogers, you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away and when to run. And so, so you know, right now we know that it's time to be a little bit more serious, but you know, we got to have some levity as well. So, so for the last maybe 20 minutes or so, 
what else should we talk about? Maybe something, maybe a little bit lighter. I don't know. <laughs> well, a little bit lighter. I just wanted to point out yeah. because our show really is like I I've been keeping it a secret from you know my liberal friends up here in liberal Washington. <laughs> They'll ask me about the show, or I heard you're doing a show or something. Oh, it's 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 not your thing. You wouldn't. You wouldn't it's the takeaway. Uh, style. Yeah, but yeah. but those folks are actually a lot more open to it than I thought. And, you know, we we get into the very serious issues, obviously, you know, whether it's the MK Ultra mind control and, uh, you know, child trafficking and so on. But uh, uh, alien hybrids and spaceships and, you know, like there's there's some really, really interesting topics here that, um, uh, you know, the ancient mystery schools, you know, some of some of these things that there's a long history. It's just not uh, it's not very discussed. And, you know, you got people that work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and they have kids and they have, you know, their life and their agenda. They maybe get 45 minutes of news at, at the most and it's from the mainstream. So it's not news. And how does anyone really know the truth? And so we endeavor to share that. Um, you know, it's it's almost as essential as air to breathe. You know, you really, really have to know these things. And and our history has been a lie because obviously history is written by the victor. Yep. But but the internet has given us uh, well, it's given us a lot of problems with social media and so on. But it's given us uh, just such a tool we can communicate. You know, we're talking to Brad over in Thailand right now. We're, it's it's <laughs> where what a time to be alive. You know, it's phenomenal. Thailand, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, being able to have access. Ladies and gentlemen, our show will continue after these brief and important messages. Over to you, my girl, and congratulations on your book. Look forward to getting it. And the number one best-selling author, award-winning author. Here we go. Brand new, minted. Oh Thank my you God. For, for being it, back. It, so, I, I found out that the actual writing of the book was the easiest part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it took right? me 20 years to write. Um, yeah, Roots was amazing again because mm -hmm. um, I have extreme ADD and I could never sit still. And that product was amazing because it really allowed me to focus in and sit for hours at a time. I'm five months, six months of writing nonstop. Now, back to our show. Um, yeah, I mean, being able to have access to this information, can you imagine, uh, you know, 1992, if you wanted to know, uh, you'd have to get in your car and go to the library and look at it and hope they had a volume that might have information related to your search. Now you got everything. Yeah. Everything. So it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Um, and I, and one of the, the series of books that I really enjoyed growing up on reading was the uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth and then the Choose Your Own Adventure, which you always kind of have that yeah. side. And then, uh, and I remember whenever Unsolved Mysteries came on and X-Files came on, I mean, I would, you know, try to plan my my night or whenever it was in the week to be, make sure I've got the next Unsolved, you guys remember Unsolved Mysteries? Oh, yeah. Remember the guy with, who's, you know, kind of looked like Mission Impossible, a little bit of the smoke and you know, and I think he did Ripley's Believe It or Not, too. But uh, I was, I just found it so freaking fascinating, Unsolved Mysteries. And I'm like, yeah, 
that you know they talk about an alien in a spaceship and this is before i saw my had my first encounter at the age of 12 with my dad in the car coming back from america that's like yeah that makes sense i believe i just you know as a kid like yeah i believe that you don't have like evidence fact check six eight ten twelve fifteen whatever growing up x-files you know and Mulder's always trying to convince scully you know for the she's been a bit of an antagonist like i can't be there's no science behind that Mulder. it's like these extraterrestrials are unhatching a plan with nazis that came over from world war ii and the nazis didn't win we didn't win world war ii they did they went elsewhere and you're like wow that makes a lot of sense that feels right chris carter was on a Sonic documentary yeah all the, all the reveals from the simpsons too with the bank of america the bank runs with the three bank problem three different banks in the states right now going down um yeah and i put that simpsons documentary of bank of america bank runs in there I'm like wow the simpsons right so i've just been totally fascinated to this and to tie off this point here we are talking about that right ancient current and quantum that's part of my intro that's also what you guys are sharing and exposing I remember watching the Philadelphia experiment on Unsolved Mysteries, maybe it was the early 90s, talking about the, the you know, and they have that little special effect of a guy who's stuck in part way through yeah. a battleship. I'm like, whoa, yeah, time travel and that kind of stuff, that, that makes sense. Our, our soul remembers, you know, and it might not have given us all of that footage or if we were ever in the universe battling bad people as warriors, or being scientists on spaceships, something else, you know, or resurrecting plasma ships in the uh, Pacific Ocean right now. Right. Or, yeah, right. You know, there's just something that's only fascinating and fantastical, and that also feels right to a degree inside. And I think, you know, we have to be talking about the kids, bottom freaking line, um, wake them all up, and uh, and then also talk about 2A. Um, I was on a show last week. I can't remember who show. I was on their show. So maybe it was Dark Outpost. And we were talking about uh, David Zablicki a couple of days ago. And talking about the, for those who don't know, and if they're tuning in, they haven't watched any of my shows about the same day suicide for kids in Canada. You know, like the, the Second Amendment in the United States is really helping prevent some of this stuff going forward from the dark cult, I believe. Right? You know, because you have what? Uh, Kevin posted uh, on U.S. Thanksgiving. He's like 38.1 million Americans took over over a week. 38.1 million armed Americans went out hunting in the last week, and not a single fatal shooting. Right. In one week, 38. That's more than the population of Canada. Yeah. In the woods, shooting. Nobody got shot. Nothing fatal. Right. Dick Cheney wasn't there. He couldn't make it. I know. Remember that? I remember that. You know, it's like <laughs> just turned around and shot his buddy, you know, probably because he said something nice. Like, no Adreno Chrome for you, Dick. Yeah, whatever. Um, I got to move before we get too far away from X-Files, because I know that you and I both grew up with a, well, an intense crush on Jillian Anderson because of the show X-Files. And uh, yeah. And uh, uh, it's a true story, more or less. I mean, obviously, things things have been written a little bit differently. Uh, and I learned that uh, by watching The Dark Journalist. And uh, if you're not familiar with The Dark Journalist, it's some of the best material on the internet. It's just phenomenal. And kind of a companion show, because they know and love each other pretty well, uh, is Gigi Young and, and, and her work uh, with all things esoteric and, and whatnot. But uh, so I'm constantly surprised at how 
little known they are for what powerful channels. In about uh, uh, two and a half weeks, I'm going to have somebody on who has direct experience with the real X-Files. Nice. <laughs> nice. I'll we'll that for sure. we hang up or not hang up, but we we stop the recording. I have no problem chatting with you guys about it. You already yeah. Name, yeah. You know, as I'm sending you thought mail right now. But um, original Scully uh, was uh, was male, not female. Right. And, they put the uh, character journalist, too. not not a not a uh, FBI forensic doctor, but yeah. 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 Character so, there. So wild, and you know, like look at Chris Carter on July 2001. The lone gunman had their very first and only pilot. In, the, in July 2001, the lone gunman, what are they working on the pilot? They found out that there's airplanes that are being hijacked that are going to be flown into the World Trade Center towers. Yep. July 2001. Right? Chris Carter. I remember watching that. Wild going on there. I was wow. really rooting for lone gunman, man. I wish that would have uh, yeah. would have survived. That, that, that had potential to be a great show. Yeah, it was, was a great show. It was just short lived. Well, we'll just go out and make our own shows. You know, we've talked about that. <laughs> we'll have some fun. We'll just have a whole comedy side with our improv stuff. And, and then all the other stuff is, you know, ancient current and esoteric and quantum and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll go crush it. Um, all right. So I really want to talk about Biden's arrest, how it is that you took down Pedo Peter. What was it like, Ray, jump running in there with the Justice Department last night when they raided his home in Delaware? You know, you guys definitely deserve a rest. Uh, it was so I don't, easy. I don't no. recall it very well. I, I'm going to turn this over to Scott. <laughs> Thank well, you, no, I mean, you, you, people are making it out to be this huge thing. And, you know, I appreciate the fanfare. But all it really took was ice cream. He <laughs> just held up the cone of ice cream. He went for it like a child. Joe slapped the cups on him. That was it. Uh, yeah. Wait, yeah. the whole child reference is different when you're talking about Joe Biden. <laughs> He went for the ice cream like the ice cream were a child, or like a child would go towards ice cream. Well, <laughs> just, I, just there's, there's so many thoughts going through my head at once, and none of them are good. Uh, yeah, but uh, oh lord, anyway, it was a clean takedown. Honestly, Joe had to wrestle Merrick Garland to the ground. Oh, that's uh, what afterwards. Oh, wow, I can't that's wait to see the body cam. He gave him a nuggie, you know, and slapped him around a little bit. It was, it was a lot of fun. So. You know what? I'll have to get you guys hooked up with Jack Maxey, have him on your show, you know, and or maybe just have him at the trailer finally, because now that uh, Biden's gone, um, that's that, you know, you can just sit there with you, have crack a beer and talk about from the laptop to you guys taking it down with the Justice Department, the good people. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> hey, I wanted, I, since we talked to the uh, the audience a little bit earlier, you know, someone that that uh, has been quite controversial over the last couple of years and, and a part of the awakening for me is Donald Marshall. Could you pull up? So this is on the Donald Marshall Revolution page. And I think this was, as an artist, uh, it, it's a bit, it, it's kind of weird to learn this stuff. But if you go to, I think, the about page and then... Um, oh, right there. Yep. Yeah. And so it's when we're talking... about Yeah, about... <laughs> when, we're, when we're talking about um donald it's and we're talking about the seattle music scene and nirvana and all that you know just like with the cia and uh look uh stuart copeland from the police his father was affiliated with the cia you've got uh uh jim morrison his father was actually a rear admiral in, in the navy and so you just wonder the manipulation that the CIA has had in the music world. 
And so, Brad, if you could if you could read a little bit about this to the viewers, since I don't have my glasses on, um, this is what it's been been weird to learn lately about uh, the music world. So here we go. Yeah, sure. I mean, this is right on his about page, Joe. Marshall tells us that he was just a teenager when he met members from many grunge bands at the Cloning Center, where he wrote the signature hits for bands such as Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, Hole, and Stone Temple Pilots, among others. What's more, Marshall says that he is Nirvana, having written every one of their songs, even providing the name for the band. And I'll just read the next two uh, sentences. While the late Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain had a compelling voice and stage presence, Marshall says it's really him that you're listening to in every song. And he explains that musicians like Kurt Cobain, despite the reputation of songwriters, are more like performers that play music. So let's inform the audience who David Marshall is a little bit um, about his Illuminati background. And folks, one thing to remember is Think to yourself, how many musicians have died in bathtubs? Whitney Houston, her daughter, Kurt Cobain died from a gunshot wound to the head, but it happened to be a double barrel gunshot from the back of the head. How right. do you commit suicide that way and pull two triggers, right? If you pull one, you're gone, right? And then Courtney uh, was a very Courtney loves, Yeah, Courtney Love's father wrote the book that my daughter killed Kurt Cobain. Right. Right. And Linda Carroll's her mother. So in Corvallis, like it's just wild, wild, this stuff all across the board. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about who Darnold Marshall is. Yeah. So so I learned about him. Um, I think it was on the show, The Edge of Wonder, actually, a couple of years ago, just watching it at my airstream. And, you know, I've always wondered about some of these songs. And one of something that really hit me is he talked about uh, they talked about how Donald wrote. um the, the rem songs it's the end of the world as we know it and i feel fine uh uh losing my religion and from my understanding is you know donald is giving hints in these songs so let's let's talk about donald for Go a second nothing and be happy eat bugs and protein's good like this is literally now looking back at just those songs you mentioned feels like where we're about to go where they want us to go in davos right, right. Yeah. right you know the world we know it and you'll be it'll be fine like no, yeah no, you're, it's not gonna be fine you know, no it's not no and that's why we're that's why we're compelled to speak up but from my understanding donald donald marshall's mother was part unfortunately part of this i don't know how much of a part i don't know if she signed the contract to have donald be a part of this or not but anyway at age five donald now donald's not going to the cloning centers his consciousness as crazy as this sounds I'm just sharing the story from what I've heard. The consciousness is transferred to the deep underground military base into a cloning center. And he he's literally, his conscious is in a clone. So he's this little five-year-old boy. They're about to do ungodly things to him. And then he he's screaming. And they say, well, do you, do you, do you sing? Do you dance? You know, do you do something? And so he, the, the, Apparently, the first song that he wrote was the Kenny Rogers song. I think that was with Lionel Richie. Um, I think it was Lady. And so he's not sitting there writing with lyrics and a guitar. There's technology down there where it's kind of like consciousness. He He's thinking these songs. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how they come out. I don't know how this works. I'd love to see that technology. Maybe someday we'll be privy to this. But he started 
you know, creating these songs and he became the goose that laid the golden egg. And so he's been doing this off and on for 40 some years and they will threaten him, you know, to, to continue to bring his consciousness over to a clone. And what they do, unfortunately, is they kill him over and over and over in his clone. It, it sounds like the, the worst thing in the world. Torture. Torture. You name it. Okay. Yeah. You name it. Raping, torture. And part of why we're vocal about it is, you know, a lot of these people that have signed their lives away, the, the blood contract, I don't believe they fully knew what they were getting into. And now they're for them, when they sell their soul, they're basically selling their clones to be utilized and abused sexually um and one of the songs he uh, donald claims to have written is uh the eurythmics sweet dreams are made of these you know you can go through those lyrics some of them want to use you some of them want to abuse you so there's these little hints that donald puts in the songs and you're like well that that seems like a weird thing to bring up and so i just recommend everyone you know make up their their own minds do the research. That's a great place to look at. There's also um, a page on Instagram. Her name's Josie Dutch. And there's literally under her name, there's a, a bio link and you can you have access to all kinds of it. And then we see people like I communicate with uh, a gentleman named Phil Chupa. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they can't talk about what's going on. And then there's another gentleman named Aldo Constantini. And you can look at, you know, they have pages. I think it's a voice from the underground. You can look it up on YouTube or Rumble. Um, but they talk about it. They back up the story. They can't talk about it because if they do, then then their con as crazy as it sounds, their consciousness is transferred to a clone and they're beaten and killed and abused and all that stuff. So it, it, it's out there, but this is the subject matter that we talk about on the show. Yeah, just just interject. This is sort of one of those, and this is odd because it's seldom this happens, but this was one that Joe brought to the forefront, and I was very skeptical. And uh, and so I was thinking, you know, I, I was thinking about just how outrageous this sounded, but uh, but let's just talk about how outrageous it is. You know, if if in 1991 someone told you that you could take a document that you had written and you could go to any computer anywhere in the world and produce that document from a cloud. You know, that, that's a pretty fantastical concept. You know, well, uh, you know, someone's consciousness being downloaded into another machine is, is not too far off. I just listened to a conversation Elon Musk was having about how you can have your dog cloned for 50 grand. 50 grand. And then he and he's really quick to say the technology to clone humans is exactly the same thing. <laughs> and he it's all he's almost got a wink and a nod in there it's it's uh well it's donald talks about elon musk being in the cloning centers and i think that's why we're the elon that we're watching is not the original elon i, I question I, whether there's an original elon yeah i, mean, I think the original elon <laughs> yeah. is the protagonist in uh in a novel written by uh Werner von braun who uh, founded nasa and was a nazi and uh i think <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> love it and Absolutely. you go to google and you type elon musk aliens yeah that capture very but that that protagonist's name was elon and it's the only time i've heard the name elon um i don't think i know anyone that's grown up with an elon you know and i i don't remember hearing about elon even in the paypal days i remember hearing about elon only very recently and it, when i ask other people they all say the same thing 
I haven't met a person yet that's like, oh, I knew about Elon way back. Nobody does. Right. So where did Elon come from? I, I like what he's doing right now, currently, <laughs> that I, you know, publicly. Yeah, he's a tool to wake up the masses. So no, it's not, yeah. the, it's not the same guy. So. No, no. Right. Just like yeah, but was there ever was there ever a guy? You know, kind of like Kurt Cobain. Uh, from what we understand, Kurt Cobain was never a real guy. You mean like a, a male, either transgendered or a clone? Not a naturally <laughs> born human being. Well, I, I he might have been born, but you know he could have. I, I think his his DNA was from like there, I think there's a picture of him from earlier, and he looks like a Viking. And they they made like he you know, there's different types of clones, and this is what Donald Marshall taught. There's clones that can be you know um, you know put in a woman and then born and then they grow up and then there's others that can be created within i don't know a few months and so little dna little dna you can dig somebody up all give you him need a covid a test he's a little bit skin. of that dna and yeah, yeah. so it, it the rabbit hole's deep and uh it's it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds and you know we we actually hope to have donald marshall on our show he hasn't been on an interview in the for the first time in six years but there's there's plenty of interviews that people can can see from just type in Donald Marshall on either YouTube or. Um, uh, well, I'll interject a couple of things, you know, to back up your points from from my life experience. You know, when I was at Ren Blackberry, and remember these are the days that were just launching the first Blackberry, right? And you get to witness, and I was sharing this last night at a uh, red pill pure blood party. So you have to be red pilled, wide awake, and pure blood in order to get an invite to attend. So we can all talk. So it was the first one. It went off really well. We started with five, turned out 14 people showed up. It was incredible, right? Light workers to, you know, uh, Chinese medicine, herbal doctors to just awesome chiropractor, like just incredible people find a community. And, uh, and by the way, I'm putting this out here too. If anybody, I highly recommend put together red pilled rebels, you know, put together a signal group, red pilled rebels for your area. You know, it's just amazing for people like once a month, twice a month to get together for some drinks, appetizers or water, whatever, and, and just like go, it's real. There's people here, pure blood. So there's no exosome shedding um, and uh, and wide awake, you know, kind of like that's that's the sign right now. Um, and I know there's probably going to be trolls in the comments here. So it is, right? I posted Bank of America show yesterday or all the bank run shows and I showed them here. It's happened in Lloyd's. Here's footage from last week. Here's this, here's this. The only first comment we got today, like, go get a good microphone. <laughs> a thousand people watched it, waking you up. Watch out. There, you know, the bank collapse is happening here in North America. And, you know, and here's the resources to go to. Here's what's to do. Ivermectin, you know, how to make HCQ, get your Trinity pack from Root, all that kind of stuff. Get ready. Here it is. Get a better microphone. Like, okay. <laughs> So I know the trolls are going to go off on this, but um, we were talking about last night, I was sharing the same story that at RIM, you know, you would purposely have products. This is how I learned this. It wasn't my choice. I was sales and business development, right? But they would have products where they're more advanced than we would be able to tell people about that were pretty much ready, ready to go. And maybe it would be two years out. Well, and then you just look at the F-117 Stealth. They premiered that in Desert Storm. What was that, 1992? Yeah. So, but then we've heard from many, uh, some of the military folks, you and I, uh, three of us all know, and then other ones, they're like, by the time it's out in the public, it's easy 20 to 50 years advanced. So when Dolly the Sheep happened in 1998, maybe, I'm 
you know, somebody can fact check that one. But anyway, it was over two decades ago. And it happened in the 40s. It's not that hard to do that with humans and put them in incubators. And you got to think by the time they came out saying we're cloning sheep, you know, and have that whole, you you know, ethics conversation, it's been going on for a long time. So I, I and we've heard on the space program and the quote unquote SSP super soldier program, right? And we're aware of a few people who ha, are in that or have been around that and done that, right? And they're 20 and backs, as it said that they have their consciousness that has moved out of their bodies and then can be moved back into their bodies. And there was a program during lockdown in Vancouver in May or June, 2020, it came out, I think it was on Wokeflix. And it was, uh, it was the guy about super soldier consciousness, kind of sci-fi super soldier consciousness with a little kind of like a, a chip at the back, like looks like a small battery pack on the back of the neck that you can take it off. Then that body drops and attach the consciousness of that person to something else, you know, another person, and they can continue on. But if you destroy that little box, then that consciousness is gone. That person's soul, they're finally dead, right? Or you can entrap them. And the worst thing for them in the show, and somebody, it only lasted one season. Um, the worst thing that could happen in the show is that they were captured by the enemy and the enemy just goes, we're just going to put the consciousness on ice and you're just stuck in a circuit board oh. and your soul can't go anywhere. So I believe by the time that stuff is shown to us in TV, film, we're hearing about it in music, like you mentioned with those lyrics, which are really creepy now to think about, go back to your rhythmics and everything, Joe, is that they've already had it. They've had it for a while. And now we're just kind of like showing you that it's not our imagination of amazing screenwriter or something coming up. They might have those dark CIA type figures kind of going, do this, do this, do this, do this, you know, yeah. look at the last Marvel movie, right. Or the second, to the last, whichever it was for Thanos takes, kills half the billion, half a billion or, or half the universe, you know, that guy, the evil doer, I can't remember was two, three years ago, you know, he gets all the rings, and then he goes, snaps his finger, and like half of all life in the universe is gone because of that, you know, climate change type of initiative that's going on. Right. And forms been pushing, right? I think that was a looking back at it, I think that was a test to see how people would kind of react. Mm -hmm. They planned it, right? Well, you know, have you ever thought about Scientology is pretty bizarre, you know? I mean, there's Xenu and there's the alien spirits in the volcano and i mean it's just this crazy story it's like like yeah. mormonism i mean it's out there it's really wild and uh you got to wonder how so many celebrities deeply believe this stuff and they and and l ron hubbard is the guy that created it and you learn about l ron hubbard who was he friends with jack parsons they were great friends uh they shared everything including jack's wife and uh Wow, really? And, I don't know much of this. Oh <laughs> yeah, and and Jack Parsons was the father of modern mark uh, modern rocketry. He uh, is, That's you know, pretty responsible for the face of of uh, the military industrial complex, which is extremely corrupt. But but he was a devotee of Thelema, and Thelema was uh, written by or uh, created by, I should say, uh, Aleister Crowley. It was actually channeled through his girlfriend Rose in the Great Pyramid at Cheops in egypt where they spent the night but um yeah thelema is 
it's it's interesting and it it is hollywood i mean it said this goes back to the the 40s in pasadena and uh you know what happened in the 40s in pasadena is how we got hollywood and how we got our military industrial complex and so many things that you interact with daily are a product of of these people in this period of time and uh you know it doesn't take much to go back and, and learn about the history but so few do and when you look at Crowley, we were talking about music and the arts. I mean, uh, what what great music wasn't influenced by Crowley? You know, you've got Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. You, uh, Jimmy Page bought Crowley's estate on Loch Ness, where he performed this uh, ritual that opened a portal. Um, you've got uh, just you pick them. I mean, Stevie Nicks. Uh, uh, it, it goes on and on and on. All all the celebrities were into Crowley. Crowley was on a, a Beatles album cover. I mean. Yeah. Um, very, very influential fellow. He died obese and syphilitic, but uh uh you know, this this was a very wicked man. He he prided himself on being the most wicked man that ever lived. Yeah. And yeah. it certainly had a big impact on the United States and, and the world. Yeah. Uh, in a big way. Still does. Yeah. So then guys, you've answered before when I've had you on the show. I'm gonna ask you now. Again, if you had all of creator's power, the genie in the bottle question, all the creator's power with one thing that you could do, snapping your fingers, what would it be for humanity, the galaxy, all creator's power with the snap of the fingers, you could change it. What would it be? That I mean, be the first thing for me is to eradicate slavery and, and human trafficking right immediately. We only get the one? Just the one. Again, <laughs> You, but, but you can go, I'm going to snap, I'm going to wish for four more with that one. And then now you have four. So you know. for our consciousness, Scott. yeah, great, great stuff, Joe. Absolutely. Yeah. Big reach. I think it's for our, for our consciousness, for, for, for humanity to be restored uh, before it was adulterated genetically uh, where, where we're in uh, full control of our nine senses and we are uh, loving and compassionate by nature and that kind of takes care of all the atrocities and all the uh inequities and everything else so yeah tell, they, tell, they tell everybody the nine senses that's kind of happening anyway i mean we're kind of that's happening anyway so uh it's not just a wish we're yeah. we're, we're in in the process of watching that i think with humanity yeah, yeah. Oh. yesterday was the start of the aquarian age right so we got four more months straight no retrograde we are in the Aquarian new moon. We're in the Aquarian age in the universe, but we're in the new moon of Aquarius. You know, these next four months, pretty powerful. Yesterday, that was official. On the, uh, wow. First, January 23rd. Yeah. That's why he waited. To have oh, that's true. Be out until tomorrow, Monday. But uh, yeah, yeah. January 21st was the start of the new moon in Aquarius for four months. Goes to April 21st. And um, no more retrograde for these four months. So very powerful energies coming in as well. And the Schumann Residence, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday, was some of the most it's ever been in a long time. So pretty nice. wild, pretty wild stuff. Gentlemen, thank you so much. So let's, uh, I'll go back, I'll show the True Stream page because we've done that again. And then as we leave you here, leave everybody here, we're going to play the uh, Freedom Now video in the edit. So you get it unfettered, perfect. You don't have any pickup <laughs> of the background noise of somebody sneezing. Or, <laughs> squeaky something this or that on a couch who knows you know from a sneaker of course come on easy right.
but uh, True Stream is amazing. You guys have been just been crushing it on Rumble, uh, coming up with some uh, amazing speakers too. And uh, you're going to transition from Child Trafficking Month. We're going to round that out, get it all out there into Second Amendment Month of February, which is just awesome. I'd love to come on there and just tell you how fun it was yeah. to shoot uh, to shoot automatic weapons and throw grenades. I don't know how there we go. official that is. The audience would be like, it was fun. It was freaking cool. You know, leave it we're going to have lots of other content as well through the month. Uh, we got some exciting guests coming up, but yeah, there you go. Truth stream with Joe and Scott on rumble, go to rumble.com channel. The links down here in the description. And then obviously freedom now, which it's still on BitChute, right? I know we've yeah, it's made, it's, I, I've mainly left it on BitChute because it was kind of a, you know, it's a collaboration and that's on, it's on mainly on Nick's channel and, and uh, yeah, just trying to see if we can get these views up. And I mean, it was banned on YouTube after nearly 30,000 uh, views. So yeah, they thwarted that one. Yeah. They don't like freedom and they don't like children. They don't like Eagles, you know, like incredible, you know, you put up a picture of an Eagle for freedom on YouTube and they canceled the channel. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on here and everybody just, like, subscribe, share, check these guys out, and stay tuned because right now we're going to play Freedom Now video from Joe Rosati, Scott Stone, Nick Alviar, and here we go. Many blessings. It's a pleasure, Brad. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Brad. Yeah.
history we learned isn't even real. It's been rewritten as part of the deal. We've lived in a psyop, our DNA dumbed down. The world's been run by the cabal the clowns. They want us divided and uninformed. Our morality gone as part of the norm. We just want freedom. Oh, we just want freedom. Oh, we just want freedom now, now. Darkness to light Where we go one Where we go one We go all We go all Where we go one Where we go one We go all Well, hey, everybody, one of the things about being a courageous lion or lioness standing up for what's right for humanity is understanding there are some hard truths that we have to swallow and also looking for the solutions to those truths so we can move forward in abundance. Now, on December 26th of 2022, that's the day after Christmas, the head of the World Health Organization admitted, and this is a direct quote on COVID boosters are used by countries to kill children. Now, we've been saying this all along, and many people have been called conspiracy theorists, which have become conspiracy fact and spoiler alerts. Now, here's one of the great things that is a solution that on a daily basis, I have been leveraging for over a year. It is from Root Wellness. It's amazing. I am a case study for some of the incredible experiences I have had by taking a product of theirs called the Trinity Pack. It's actually three products that are used in concert with one another for these reasons. If you haven't seen it before, the first product is called Clean Slate from Root. And you can go to getrootnow.com and check all this out as I'm talking to you. Now, the thing about Clean Slate in this little pill dropper, again, everything is all natural, is it is the highest form of bioavailable silica. We, as human beings, are carbon and crystalline-based creatures. That's a fact. And from being a Yushui Reiki master for roughly eight years, I can share with you that the more you activate the crystalline structure in your bio and etheric field, the higher vibrational level that you have. That's where you tap into love energy and also in levity, right? So a couple drops of this under the tongue every morning, every night, what it does is it dissolves heavy metals. It chelates them. 
naturally. We even have video online when they were doing this in the lab showing this was being added to graphene oxide and it dissolved the graphene oxide. Now we know where graphene oxide is used. They put it in those COVID-19 vaccines, which they passed off. And so that's in our bodies, including in that, by the way, for our entire history of life on this planet, right? At least in the last hundred years and generations, we have barium, aluminum, cadmium, mercury, a whole host of heavy metal toxicities that are in our bloodstream because of what's in our environment, the foods we've eaten, epigenetically passed on from the parents. My mother was a two pack a day smoker, even when she was pregnant, not a good thing and had mercury fillings. So that was passed on to myself, my younger sister in the womb, obviously. So we have to chelate heavy metals out of our body. Now that's exactly what clean slate does. And in addition to that, it cleanses your pineal gland. Now our pineal gland is the radio frequency tower to God source, to cosmic consciousness, right? It is literally the tipping point of the antenna that we have to the universe. So when you cleanse your pineal gland, you decalcify it. It also, with the highest concentration of bioavailable silica, it activates your pineal gland so you have greater insight, greater sleep, and also greater intuition. We're going to go into that. So that's Clean Slate as part of the Trinity Pack that you can go to getrootnow.com and jump onto. What also is part of Trinity Pack is Restore. This is about restoring gut health. Now understand this, 95% of our neurons are in our gut, not our brain. So it's actually our first brain. And all the sages, the ancient sages, the wisdom was right. Our gut instinct, our ability to tap into our intuition isn't in the thinking mind, which is above our shoulders. It is in the power chakra. The power chakra is our gut, our gut instinct. So what Restore is amazing sachets, tastes like an orange creamsicle, about an ounce, that you can take every single morning after clean slate on an empty stomach, 100% all natural. And we have had people who have had Lyme disease, IBS, Crohn's, who have reported colitis, my younger sister had colitis, who have reported that all of it has cleared up within 60 days. This is all natural. There are no medications here. By the way, every one of these products is BSCG approved. That means for every sport in the United States, it can literally, it has a stamp of certification saying that it's 100% drug-free and all natural. It's really key, really amazing. And then the final aspect of the Trinity Pack, because we're dealing with cleansing our body from within, removing the heavy metals, toxicities, and activating our pineal gland. We're talking about restoring our gut health, right? Because in our upper and our lower level digestive tracts, this is where we obtain the nutrients that help empower us and propel us forward in our day. And the final is called zero in. Now zero in are amazing. Again, all natural tasks, right? BCSG approved. And you take about two of these a day. It comes with a 30 day supply, the Trinity pack for everybody. And there's 60 of these that come in. So I average two a day. This allows you to tap into quantum level consciousness. Now, it's no surprise that every tier one combat veteran I have had on the show, whether they are from the British, former SRR, which is like the super secret, previously super secret version of the SAS, to the former deputy commander of Delta Force Special Operations Group, to Navy SEAL Team 6, 
Michael, to the Lieutenant Colonel, Ricardo Bosi in Australia, former heading up Australian SAS, and now leader of Australia One Party in the Freedom Movement. It's no surprise that all of those incredible warriors of light and their spouses and family are using the Trinity Pact because they recognize the value. What we've also seen in the studies, within just 30 days, using Zeroin, people have been able to increase their performance, their reaction time, up to 50%. Their Olympians, the Hungarian Olympic team, is one of the case studies where they have seen up to a 50% reaction time. Just imagine if you're in the NBA and you had a 10% greater reaction time. That's off the charts. That is diabolical. So we're seeing this with Zeroin. What's great about this too in Zeroin is it balances the serotonin and the dopamine levels in your body. And it drops your cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone. It drops the cortisol levels to literally zero after prolonged use of several weeks. So think about this. We live in the most stressful times ever in recent human history around the globe. Not World War I, not World War II, where it was more or less composed of certain geographical regions. This has been an, a war on all of humanity at once. We've never seen this in several lifetimes. So imagine having the ability with Zeroin to drop your stress hormones, your fight or flight response to virtually nil, to get deep sleep and lucid dreaming. There's no caffeine in this whatsoever. We've even had people, because it's an adaptogenic nootropic, it is intention driven, right? This is literally the next generation technology here today, all natural. And people have deeper sleep, lucid dreams. They focus their higher, higher degrees of creativity and focus. Now I am a case study. And for those of you who haven't heard that case study, I leveraged this on a four day motorcycle ride. People don't think that's anything spectacular. Well, listen, if you understand, I did this as a solo trip for four days at an elevation of seven and a half thousand feet to twelve and a half thousand feet for four days. I ate one meal a day and all I had water and coconut water and my Trinity pack. And I was able to ride up to 2,000 miles, which I don't know, what is that in our kilometers? 3,200 kilometers or something, right? Solo in the summertime in high heat, desert environments, off-road in the mountains to on-road, multiple twisties, doing hundreds of those a day. And it barely winded me. And I felt time like slow down. That's how amazing it can get to when things speed up in your environment, it slows down. Kind of like people have had an experience in accidents before. And I've been in a vehicle accident and I've been hit on the motorcycle many years back. So here's the thing. When you go to getrootnow.com, you got the Trinity Pack, right? When you order the Trinity Pack, hit subscribe and save. And I'll tell you why. First of all, on your second month, you're going to save $15. So in the United States, typically that's free shipping right there. Month after month, that's $15 back for everybody around the world. Ships to 60 countries. On month number four, they give you $100. $100. So four months in, you've got the highest level of what I say is the armor of God used on a daily basis. Tier one, spec ops endorsed in multiple countries around the planet with all of those individuals and divine warriors and their wives. Many of them have been here on this show. In addition to that, Olympian approved. And in addition to that, BCSG approved. So your kids, just imagine your kids studying for exams coming up. And you have a couple of zero in. 
over the next several days. And it allows them to focus. It allows them to have greater creativity, concentration, and also the stress hormone dropped to virtually nil. And they get deeper sleep. And sleep, as we know from Jason Bourne in the movie, said sleep is the ultimate weapon. And that is also where we manifest. We manifest most when we sleep. So I would encourage you, do yourself a favor for yourself and then for kids around you, your kids, any other kids you're around. This helps protect against the viral shedding, which we already know with the studies that have been coming out here now, that people, even one person who's vaccinated and another person who is not, if they kiss in the saliva, the mRNA gene passes over to the unvaccinated person and vaccinates them. And then that mRNA gene sequence gets going. So one of the key things too, is making sure that you are protecting your biological body and your energy body and having the highest concentration of beautiful life and expression, divinity, which you can have. And for me, out of anything I have used in all of my decades on this planet, leverage, I've never stuck to it for a year. And I have just celebrated my one year anniversary using the root products. You go to getrootnow.com, highly encourage it. You will not go wrong. We have had so many amazing testimonials and people who have come back to us and describe to us from medical doctors and professionals to teachers, everything in between to former LA County sheriffs, how incredible this has been for them. So outside of IBS, Crohn's, Lyme disease, uh, colitis, and making this antiviral restore and clean slate in Trinity Pack and Zero In are also antiviral. And we know we need to protect ourselves and our children, which are our future, from the environment and the onslaught that we've seen on humanity. GetRootNow.com. Hit subscribe and save. You get 15 bucks back monthly. That's equivalent to free shipping right there. And on month number four, $100 back. There's other cool bonuses that they surprise everybody from time to time, but that is immediate and that's all for you. Many blessings to you, everybody. And I look forward to seeing you down the road and hearing from you, your incredible experience with the Root Trinity Pack. GetRootNow.com. All the best. Thanks for joining us on the program, ladies and gentlemen. Please like, follow, subscribe, share this with nine friends and family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.